Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, our review of Captain Marvel as it soars at the box office, a March TV update, and will beta shake things up on The Walking Dead. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there enjoying all of our great programs as we cover the world of pop culture twice a week with two brand new shows every Monday and every Friday. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is our own Captain Marvel of Humanica Media. You got to check out everything going on today at HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is. Josh Peterson. Captain Marvel really did gangbusters at the box office, my friend. Wait, are we talking Captain Marvel as in Shazam, Captain Marvel as in Brie Larson, or Captain Marvel, the male version of Captain Marvel? Which are we talking here? Well, let's go with the one that appeared this weekend at the box office in theaters all around the world. Let's go with Brie Larson. Okay. All right. Continue. Just, just That was just for audience clarification, because they, they're all asking the same exact question I am right now. Okay, but then there's also the other iterations of Captain Marvel that have appeared in the comics over the course of the past, what, 40 or so years. And I'll tell you what, that's just (laughs) way too much to count at this point in time for me. But we are happy that Captain Marvel has hit theaters and hit it strong indeed. But it is going to be a great show for everyone out there today. We've got a lot of things going on. In fact, coming up here in a few minutes... It's Stereo Monroy as Tony Monroy and Jamie Monroy from Game Source. They're stopping by with their thoughts on the film. Plus, I'll share some thoughts on it as well. Also, we're going to have Jessica Boggs with the TVRatingsGuide.com. She's going to be stopping by with her thoughts on what's going on with the TV rating scene out there and some decisions that were made. Plus, also as well, Daphne Matthew with Talking the Dead and the Walking Dead fan base on Facebook. She is stopping by to share her thoughts on beta and to see if it's going to be something that's going to really shake up everything that's going on with The Walking Dead. But first, my friend, it is a great time indeed because we're back at the theaters. Everybody's going to the theaters right now because Captain Marvel soared to new heights in her film, Captain Marvel, scoring over $450 million worldwide at the box office, including $300 million plus in the international box office. And that is really a big thing for long-term prospects for the film. So right now it sits at over $450 million worldwide, including the $150 million plus take here in the domestic box office this weekend. It's one of the top 10 box office weekend openings of all time. And a lot of the trolls have been stepped on on this occasion and proven wrong once again. Your thoughts on what's going on with Captain Marvel, its success, Did it surprise you a little bit? And where do you think it's going to take Captain Marvel from here? I read an interesting thing today. Uh, Kevin Feige was talking. There's an interview with him. I forget. Maybe with The Hollywood Reporter. I don't know exactly who it was from. But he had said, you know, the interesting thing about Marvel, the company, going forward, they plan on taking familiar characters that we know and telling new stories with them using a wide spectrum of different types of people behind the cameras on the writing teams and stuff like that. And I think that's very appealing to people. Granted, Captain Marvel had the side of controversy, and Marvel probably knew that, and that's why they marketed it that way, having their writer-director team making those comments, and Brie Larson herself. But 
<laughs> I guess I can't blame them because look at it this way. Like if we put up a podcast and we we're talking, we, we've done some clickbaity things sometimes with, with stuff that we've made. So I can't blame them for the way they market things. But, you know, back to what Kevin Feige was saying, it's interesting because that's what people want. You know, we've been hearing the same comic book stories for years and years and years. And now we're we're getting a chance to experience something new, something that's within the range of what we know. But it's it's a new story. And I think that's appealing to audiences and people are going into Captain Marvel because they don't know what Captain Marvel is. They don't know much about Captain Marvel and that this is a chance for a new story that hasn't been made into cartoons and things like that over the years. We would never do such a thing, would we? Clickbait? <laughs> no comment. It all started with us when it came down to when we were talking about certain social issues that arise as far as controversies are concerned and I know SiriusXM took one of our conversations and actually put it on their Spoke platform, which I thought was kind of cool. And and I, I just tell you what, it actually, I'm so happy that Captain Marvel has reached the heights that it has. No, it's not the greatest of movies out there. I'm just going to give you a little sneak peek on what I'm thinking of the movie. But if you catch my review on popculturecosmos.com, it is a detailed synopsis of what I think of the movie. Plus also a lot of the background going in, some of the comments that were made by Brie Larson, some of the trolling and reaction to it, the controversies, the boycotts. I share a little bit of that as well. Plus also going into detail on what I think it's going to do for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And of course, like I said, my own thoughts on the movie. But even if you do agree with what Gerald's saying, feel free to troll him anyways, because we love that here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Gee, thanks, man. Gee, thanks. <laughs> I just want to see how someone who agrees with you would troll something they agree with. It's it's a social experiment. It's strictly academic. Yeah, but once the trolling starts, it doesn't ever seem to stop. Remember, you had some issues as well with other trolls, but mm -hmm. we won't go there. Don't get me started on Wonder Woman. There you go. Exactly. But anyways, it is going to be a great time for Captain Marvel. It did hit off with a $450 million worldwide take. It now looks like the movie may reach upwards of what, maybe in the 850s, uh, even a little bit higher than what we anticipated, at least what I think is going to happen. We'll have to wait and see after next week's haul if it comes anywhere near, what, another $200 million worldwide, then you're talking about maybe 650 maybe even $700 million in its first two to three weeks of release, which would probably get it well over the hump of what Wonder Woman did. So I think right now it is a safe bet to go ahead and surpass that. Whether or not it reaches a billion, I'm not entirely sure because while it will get some play just before Avengers Endgame, as soon as Avengers Endgame comes out, it might take a lot of that thunder of whatever's left for Captain Marvel, so it may not reach a billion, but we will definitely have to wait and see. And we'll, if you stay tuned to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos on our social media, we will constantly update on the success of the film as it reaches more and more audiences out there. But one last thing when we talk about Captain Marvel before we hit our friends up at the Game Source to hear their thoughts, plus a little bit of my own when it comes to the review of Captain Marvel. Your thoughts on Captain Marvel in Endgame when it comes to what you would like to see come to fruition because it looks like all signs are pointing in that direction. I've been trying not to not to make any jumps or, or leaps on that because I don't know at this point. You know, as a lifelong comic book fan, this is the first time I truly don't know what to expect. It's kind of a weird feeling to me, but I'm sure that she does have something big, some big part to play. She'll be in Endgame, I'm, I'm almost positive, in a bigger fashion than a cameo. So what that will entail, what that's going to be, I don't know at the moment. But as soon as I go into Captain Marvel, maybe I'll have a better idea. I'm sure you have a better idea as someone who has seen the movie. But I just it's exciting territory for me. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend. When you go see Captain Marvel, you come back on the show, we'll go ahead and sit down and have our own spoiler cast that we'll throw out in the middle of the week for all of our Pop Culture Cosmos listeners out there on our Pop Culture Cosmos podcast channel. How about that? You know what? That sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan indeed. If that's the case, you'll be able to catch it this week on our Pop Culture Cosmos podcast channels on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast outlets. But it is doing awesome at the box office. It looks like Captain Marvel is going to be a big part of the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If not in Endgame, 
at least in the foreseeable future. And I think that's pretty much greenlit a Captain Marvel 2. I mean, obviously, I think it's going to put everything out there as far as a sequel after it did so well at the box office this weekend, don't you think? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, it's performing better than people predicted it would. But, you know, it makes me wonder, though, because sometimes if movies make too much money too fast, that kind of they reach their pinnacle and then fizz out. I, I am curious just to know if the controversy or whatever was, is really a controversy or if it's not. But again, it is doing so well across the world right now. It is Captain Marvel. Right after the break, Jamie Monroy, Tony Monroy, and I will be talking about our thoughts on the movie because we've all seen it. We're going to give you a non-spoiler review of Captain Marvel. Plus, also in this episode, we've got Daphne Matthew from Talking the Dead. She's coming by a little bit later on to talk Beta and The Walking Dead. Jessica Boggs is also coming on from the TVRatingsGuide.com. She's going to bring us our March TV update. And then Josh and I are coming up on the back end to talk about his thoughts on Devil May Cry 5. Now that it's out in the wild, it's out at retail. But when a real gamer like Mr. Josh Peterson plays it, what does he think about it as he goes ahead and navigates through Devil May Cry 5? We'll be talking about that and so much more. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. All right, and we're back at it here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Before we go any further with our review of Captain Marvel, want to wish Doug and Nicole of Retro City Games all the best with their newborn baby boy, Jack, born actually the day we're taping this on Sunday. So cannot congratulate them enough and long and, and lasting happiness for the entire family. But speaking of family, I've got two great guys here. There are Team Game Source, otherwise known as Stereo Monroy. It is Jamie Monroy and his son, Mr. Tony Monroy. Guys, it's just great to have you back on. We're going to be talking some non-spoilery reviews, thoughts on the actual movie itself. You know what, Jamie? I'm going to start off with you, my dearest friend. Your thoughts on Captain Marvel. You know, it's really something that I had to keep my eye on. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, very sharp indeed, my friend. Very sharp. sharp. I I don't want to say I was surprised because I really wasn't surprised. It was it was a decent, solid movie. It didn't really drag along the whole origin thing, which was good. Very quick paced with it and just kept the flow very well. I enjoyed it. Tony, your thoughts initially on Captain Marvel? Was it something when you got out of theater that said, you know what, I'd really like to see her story continue on in a sequel or even more in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Most definitely. Even if the movie hadn't have been as good as it even was, I, I would have said that because I think she's fantastic as a character. And I really want to see more. Uh, absolutely. I know I do. If you want to check out my full written thoughts, it is on popculturecosmos.com. In a nutshell, I thought the movie was pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. It is certainly not what a lot of other individuals out there are thinking as far as trying to give out negative vibes on it. It's actually a solid origin movie. I agree with both you guys. It's not great. There were some flaws here and there, some holes you want to poke through as far as plot points, some gaps that were missing, and some opportunities that they didn't take to go ahead and enhance the Marvel Cinematic Universe that much more. Jamie, I want to ask you real quick, when you were watching it and you saw her character develop from a standpoint of, I guess, her, I don't want to say origin on the Kree homeworld, but her reborn again, I guess, system when she starts developing her powers in the Kree homeworld, what were your thoughts as far as any time spent on there? And did you want to actually see more of what went on with Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, Carol Danvers on Kree, maybe her her uh, interaction with 
Jew Law's character, Jan Rog, or, or Annette Bedding, or anything else when it comes to Star Force on the planet of Kree. I think that is something that I would have not been too bothered by seeing a little more of. I think a little more time on that would have been, I don't want to say beneficial, it would have just maybe been entertaining. That would have been, I think, the best chance to maybe dwell more into that. Was there certain aspects of the film that you liked more of as far as, you know, without going too much into spoiler territory? I mean, there's, was there some of the actors that you liked specifically? I mean, Brie Larson herself. How do you think she handled the role of Captain Marvel? I think she handled it quite well. I also think they did a great job taking everybody back to the 90s. Uh, that they did. It was 90s nostalgia, my friend. For me, it just seemed like yesterday, but all the things that were there. Uh, there are some... Very, very distinct nods to 90s culture and 90s life. I know Tony wouldn't know anything about that. Just oh, you'd know. be surprised. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, I'd like to see you type on one of the computers that were there in the film, but we won't go there. But <laughs> I used to sell those for a living way back when in the 90s. So don't let's not even go there. But Tony, I want to ask you this. Do you agree with your dad that Brie Larson's performance was an effective enough turn as Captain Marvel, that she is going to be really a foundation piece going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I thought her performance was fantastic. For a female uh, lead character, it was pretty much amazing. There was nothing that was that crept out as like bad or anything. I think she hit both the uh, character as um, Captain Marvel and then mixing in with the 90s vibe. I think that hit pretty well, I guess. On top of that, Tony, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Samuel L. Jackson and his part as Nick Fury. I liked it for the fact that it was a different Nick Fury before the whole superhero, Iron Man, Avengers, Battle of New York, the whole nine yards. It was definitely a different Nick Fury. And without going into spoilers, but I mean, because people can check out some of it already when they watch the trailers. Right. And the C- it's not just the CG, which I'll tell you what right now, the de-aging of Samuel L. Jackson was probably some of the best I've ever seen because of how much they had to devote to de-aging him. But he also, in his character, de-aged as well. I thought the de-aging was amazing. I thought it was very on point, And I liked seeing Nick Fury as this, like, you still knew he was Nick Fury. But for once, you saw another side of him as someone who had... I guess like a friend in a sense. He seemed a little more uh, casual, but the same at the same time, if that makes sense. Well, he remember he was a low-level S.H.I.E.L.D. agent at that point in time, and Clark Gregg's character, Agent Coulson, was just fresh out of the Academy. So they were right. both at a young point. I'm going to say this, Jamie. I told you how much I loved the CG for Nick Fury for Samuel Jackson at that point in time in his life. And mm-hmm. I believe they got the footage from that from the Negotiator movie back in the 90s. Looked I think that's where like they got... It. Yeah, I think that's where they borrowed it. I don't know where they borrowed it for Agent Coulson, Clark Gregg, but for me, that was hit and miss. Your thoughts on the CGing of both those guys, but also the performance of Samuel L. Jackson as well. I feel like the CG for Coulson might have been a little light. Maybe you just kind of went into the early, you know, maybe Avenger days of like, oh, here we go. Let's just rip this because it's maybe one of his B-rate movie days Yeah, before, yeah. before and after Avengers. Never know, but I feel like more was definitely put into Samuel's character, which is good. It's good. I feel like they weren't really trying to put too much emphasis on Coulson at this point, which, why would they? Fresh out of the Academy, he's not established yet, where that's even where I get the feeling of that with Samuel Jackson's character as well. It's kind of coming into its own. It's kind of like the birth of the Fury that we all know and love. Did you like the interplay between him and Brie Larson's character, Captain Marvel, in the film? I did. I did. I think it went across... Well, I see where he kind of maybe later down the road takes how he kind of is with Natasha. It's kind of different. You see a relationship there, and this kind of maybe fills in that blink of why it's like that. Because it seems like this is like his first time out with something big like this, you know? So, Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the first time he's met actually someone from outer space. So definitely uh, his world had been topsy-turvied all <laughs> over the place that fateful day he met up with Captain Marvel and his life and also the the planet Earth's M- MCU would never be the same after that. Jamie, did you want to chime in with any of your thoughts on exactly anything else you think stood out to you when it comes to Captain Marvel? Or is there something that maybe you felt was a little bit of a negative as far as the movie is concerned? I think a character that 
we could all take away would be Goose, but I don't want to go too crazy because that might lead towards those spoiler things. But <laughs> walked away from that going, you know what? I never would have thought a cat would be that important, but a cat can become very important. Let's just say that. Yes, let's just say that it, it is something that Goose, well, it's been widely reported as far as the reviews out there. Goose, who is Captain Marvel's cat in the film, is really steals the show in a lot of scenes. So very different, I should say, for a cat to be in the movie and such as that and doing the things that cat does. So last thing before I head on out, Jamie, I got to hear your thoughts, man. If you were to give the movie a grade between one to ten on your scale, on the Jamie scale, what we got for you? On the Jamie scale. To some, this might sound low, but I'm going to give it an 8.5. 8.5. That's still a very strong score. And Tony, Tony, I know you love the film, so I want to hear your thoughts. What If you were to give it an actual grade, let's hear your thoughts on what that grade might be. Honestly, I was going to give it the same score. I don't think it was as strong as something like Infinity War or even Doctor Strange. I thought Doctor Strange might have been a little better, but it was definitely a very strong Marvel movie. Uh, very good, very good indeed. So those are two very high scores. If you want to see what my score is, I thought the movie, like I said, was okay. You got to check out my review on popculturecosmos.com. That's right, popculturecosmos.com, and you'll see my review in detail where I not only outline my thoughts on the film, but also as well, I go ahead and break down a lot of the components of what was going on behind the scenes, the controversies behind uh, what some of the things that were said and done, the reaction to it, the negative, and also the positive as well. It, obviously, it's generated a ton of cash out there, over $450 million at the box office. They've got great reviews here from our guys at Game Source, and uh, somewhere there's some trolls feeling some hurt right now. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> guys, it's been great talking to you both in this non-spoiler thoughts when it comes to Captain Marvel. Just appreciate your time. Check out everything that they're doing on Game Source and also their Twitch channels. Just so great to have you guys a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Okay, we're back once again. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. She has returned to us actually very quickly, and it's very pleasant that she has because she is here and back to talk more about The Walking Dead because there is so much more to talk about when it comes to The Walking Dead. She is the, I guess, the gatekeeper of everything going on when it comes <laughs> to the awesome Facebook group, Talking the Dead 18+, plus, and also as well, The Walking Dead fan base. You got to check out both those groups today on Facebook, especially when it comes to the Walking Dead fan base. And I say that because there are over 50,000 more people just like you that are big TWD fans out there that are interact and have a lot of fun and talk about the, the show and all the characters, their opinions and everything that that made nature. In fact, both those groups do. So if you get a chance, that's Talking the Dead 18 plus and also the Walking Dead fan base. She is the curator for both those groups. It is my good friend, Daphne Matthew. Daphne, always great to have you back. We're here to talk about a lot of great, great stuff that's going on with The Walking Dead. So share the goods. Beta has arrived and arrived with a big bang. That was very interesting to see Beta show up this early. If anybody's out there and you follow the comics, you know Beta does not show up this early in the comics. But on the show, I guess they have their reasons I'm not going to say they're going to minimize the Whisperer's story because it's so important, but they don't want it to be, how should I, backfire on them like All Out War did where it lasted a whole season. Now, the Whisperer's is going to carry over into season 10, but it was important, I guess, for the start of the Whisperer War for Beta to show up. Beta is actually Alpha's second in command. The guy who is playing Beta is very well known for the Sons of Anarchy. He actually is as tall as he appears, which is very interesting because this is a big dude. This is not, you know, somebody of average height. He is really tall. But the reason for Beta showing up, I guess, this early is because the Whisperer War actually hasn't started yet. The Whisperers have been seen, like we talked for 
they are imperative to the storyline as far as getting the communities to get back together. But if you notice, little Judith gave Michonne some something to really think about. And she kind of changed her mind and decided to uh, allow Alexandria to be represented in the fair at the hilltop, which actually is very important to the last four episodes of this season. Henry got captured, as people saw, because he's an idiot. He went looking for Lydia and Beta captured him. And they were going to kill him until Daryl pulled one of their tricks out of the bag and he actually rescued him by putting on walker skin and he saved henry from his fate for now henry doesn't seem to be long for the cwd universe so we saw some i should say violence with alpha and how she deals with her own people and she actually decapitated one of her people who actually wanted to go against her. And it's funny because the backlash she caused it a violence because of it was actually pretty much shown her being decapitated with the wire. And it seems like there is a lot of backlash over it because it was a violent death. But we talked about it and I've talked about it in the groups. This show was built on blood and gore. That is what made this show a hit in the beginning. Okay, yes, it was. it's a very good story. It's a very great story, The Walking Dead, as, as a series. It's awesome. But what got people interested in this show from the beginning, besides the story, was The Walkers, okay? Was the violence. If you noticed over the seasons, ex- with the exception of season two, the highest rated seasons had the most deaths. Season five is still the highest rated season in all of The Walking Dead, and it had the most deaths. For there to be backlash about one violent death is really stumping me because this is what this show was built on. Now, I understand that people have children watching the show, and maybe they shouldn't have their young children watching it. I don't think it. they should. I, I don't think um, they should. That's an issue I have right there. In fact, yeah, people that- having their two and three year old kids watching The Walking Dead and talking about their kids love the show. All I say is this when you see that TVMA come up at the left corner of your screen, Okay, that's the signal that you should have your kids not watching it. I, that's just exactly. my personal thing. If you want to, exactly. that's all, if you if you, if they do, that's all on them. But if there's repercussions from having them watch that violence and right. reporting those theories that they're out there that violent video games, violent TV shows that it does something or whatnot, or creating okay, that, violent children, exactly yeah. creating violent children, then you're just perpetuating it by having them watch a TVMA show that's not meant for them. It is still not a Disney cartoon that you're watching. This is a, supposed to be intended for mature adult audiences. 16 that's and up, actually. For. This show so, is meant for an audience of 16 and up. And even the composer himself, Bear McCreary, a couple of years ago, wrote an op-ed about why children should not be watching this show. And, you know, you can't tell people what to do with their children, but... I grew up, and I'm sure you did, in a generation where, uh, no, you, you would not be watching The Walking Dead if absolutely you're not watching this. But unfortunately, our society today, we have a society where TV are the parents for a lot of kids. That Parents drop their kids in front of the video games, in front of the TV, and let them look at whatever. But getting back to The Walking Dead and this intense death, I don't see where the backlash should be happening as big as it is because, like I said, this show was built on violence. I mean, they well, well, let's take let's take a look at Negan when Negan went and bashed the brains in of Glenn and Abraham. How is that different when the governor not, did what he did to Herschel? How is that different? Is it, it because? And well, let the, me let me ask you this, yeah. and this goes on the theme of what we're talking about with Captain Marvel. Is it because it's a woman doing it? You know what? I kind of thought about it. Maybe it is because unfortunately is that villains, women can't be serial killers, but there is evidence pointing that women can do as much horrific things as a male and even capable of doing more. So it's kind of weird that, like I said, the backlash is coming back now. 
Part of the decline in the ratings of The Walking Dead was the backlash over Negan killing Abraham and Glenn in the manner in which he did. There was outrage over it because it was very violent, but it was supposed to be violent. Once again, it is Daphne Matthew from Talking the Dead 18 Plus and also as well the Walking Dead fan base. You got to join both those awesome groups and hopefully talk nothing about good things about the Walking Dead or even if they're there just to share your opinions on the Walking Dead and don't go there just to troll and say you don't watch the show. That's just wasting everybody's time. You got to go there today and be part of the conversation that's Talking the Dead 18 Plus and also as well the Walking Dead fan base. Daphne, it's just been great having you on the show again, sharing your thoughts on The Whispers. Just cannot wait to see what is going to happen to close out Season 9 of The Walking Dead and where the series goes from there. And I know you and I will be talking more and more about it as we go down the road. So great to have you part of the pop culture cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. All right. Thank you for turning the channel once again back to our show. She is back. She is one of the most excellent writers that's out there that touches on the world of TV ratings and the world of television in general. You got to check out her work today on the tvratingsguide.com. That's the tvratingsguide.com, your source of news and information on everything going on within the TV ratings world. Great reviews. There are also original scripts as well for original programming that they do, plus stories, features, and so much more on the TV world as it is. It is my good friend back once again for our March TV update. It is Jessica Boggs. Jessica, always great to have you on the show. Well, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. There is a lot to talk about. Some things I threw at you as well that also piqued your curiosity. I could tell as far as our back and forth on Twitter. So let's get right into it right now with, I guess, the the unfortunate big news in entertainment when it comes to television was the sudden death of Luke Perry, known primarily as one of the stars of Buffy the Vampire. And of course, Beverly Hills 90210, he was on... Riverdale, which is a popular show on the CW network. And you know how things go, Jessica, when it comes to a famous celebrity death and all that. And there is going to be some type of, I guess the way I'm going to say it is morbid curiosity when it comes to the Riverdale and how they react to it. Your thoughts on what's going on with Riverdale going forward. Do you see that type of morbid curiosity coming to play where there could be at least a short-term ratings boost? Obviously for the wrong reasons, but I believe it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to slightly happen as the Riverdale has been at a point three for like its last two episodes. And we're waiting to see if the ratings rise a little bit on the short term. The problem is it's a serialized show, so ratings are not going to go up that much. And also the fact that he's not a huge character involved with the show as much as obviously the, the show star themselves. He is a part of it. And I think he, he, you know, there's going to be some curiosity, I believe. I agree. If I may ask, what were the prospects for Riverdale, at least before this unfortunate death for Luke Perry? And obviously his fans, his friends out there are devastated at this point in time. But getting before that unfortunate death happened... What were the prospects of Riverdale at the at this point in time as far as ratings with the CW? Well, it's currently rating in the middle of the pack for 2019, but still one of the top rated shows on the CW. But recently, its last two episodes have gotten point threes, and the next episode hasn't even aired yet. And I'm sure that's going to lead to, into some type of memorialization of Luke Perry. And, and obviously, they're going to do something to pay tribute to him, I, I would imagine, at least, correct? They are. They're dedicating the remaining episodes to Luke Perry of season three. 
And we also, with the TVRatingsGuide.com and also Pop Culture Cosmos, pay our respects to the family of Luke Perry. Gone way too soon, a really good actor and someone who will be sorely missed by legions of fans everywhere. I know he was not going to be involved. At least he, he had not been announced as of yet for that Beverly Hills 90210 revival. I know his name and Shannon Doherty's name were the ones that were not included in the list of returnees. But still, to this day, I'm sure they're going to go ahead. When that show gets back on the air, they're going to somehow memorialize him as well. And it's just going to be a very sad thing going forward with Riverdale and also Beverly Hills 90210 because Luke Perry will not be a part of those programs. But my friend, we've still got a lot more to talk about. We're going to get right back up into a more happier note when it comes to the ratings world. Although maybe not all happy if there's some shows that might be canceled. First off, your thoughts on ABC and American Idol? Because I know there's some fans out there wanting to know exactly what's going on with the ratings and and the trends with American Idol. Well, it's down from the season one premiere, but still one of the top rated shows on ABC. I mean, everything's down. And that seems to be a general theme going forward here in early 2019, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It has been in the past 30-some years in ratings. But with American Idol, it depends on the cost. That's going to be an issue with a lot of the shows. Do you think it's more of a factor that the streaming wars are now well underway with MEC Universal and Disney Plus both becoming streaming entities, hopefully in the near future, I know at least that's certain for Disney Plus and NBC Universal has just announced it. Could this be a determining factor in why viewership is down overall at this point compared to last year and previous years? Well, I can see there's a general trend like the last five years with ratings going down every season, but streaming is a part of it. But I also think there's way too many cable shows with a more variety as more networks are added on to the cable packages. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's so much out there to see and watch. I know there's a lot of cable shows that are trying to do what they can to compete with these shows that are out there that are on Netflix, Hulu, CBS, All Access, and so much more because they can go ahead beyond what certain things you can show on broadcast television. So obviously it will garner a bigger interest from viewers out there. And I see a lot of cable shows that are now trying to touch on more NSFW content. For instance, Deadly Class. I've told you about Deadly Class, about how I like that show. I know we talked about it originally, how the show was okay when it came out, but it's really gotten better in, in recent weeks. The show's quality has in my eyes and a lot of other people's eyes skyrocketed to a really, really good level. So, but that also touches on NSFW subjects and a lot of other shows as well on cable touch on that. And they're able to go ahead and show things almost in a similar light as what you're seeing on Hulu, on Netflix and whatnot. So that is something to think about when it comes to what's going on in the television world. But there's also other, stations that are out there that are broadcasting a lot of stuff any news on the cbs front because i heard their dramas are are at least getting something back from what they've lost so much over the past few years right now it's still too early to tell with the 2019 dramas with ransom returning point two and point three that those are not actually strong numbers there but i know some of their other shows as far as well i guess what magnum pi some of the other shows that are out there those are shows that I think a lot of people are interested in seeing as far as how well they will do because the revival, as you and I talked about, these shows that are getting revived, not all of them are clicking with audiences. We saw what went on with Murphy Brown, and now there are other entities out there such as Magnum P.I., MacGyver, and as you've talked about, other shows as well that are getting renewals that may actually be clicking with audiences. Is it a time to go ahead and continue these revivals, Jessica? Or do you think it's time that these networks just look into some more original content and original programming? I feel like there has to be a point where these revivals and reboots have to just like stop altogether or just limited because not many people are going to see the Mad About You reboot. 
I agree with you on that. I think that's a little bit of a reach there, but we'll have to wait and see what kind of curiosity factor is on those. But I don't know. This is an overarching theme when it comes to the networks out there with either a lot of revivals that are out there, or there's also centralization of shows because you see it all the time with CBS focusing on a lot of the law enforcement type of shows with NCIS, FBI, SWAT, and police shows in the past have, have been a point of something that like to be repeated again and again. And with NBC, some people have called them national broadcasting out of Chicago with the way that they've done so many Chicago shows out there. But they they see a trend and they thought it was you know good to go ahead and earmark three shows and so far it's worked for them. Remember, CSI had the same thing going on way back when. So it's something that we're going to be continuing to see, I believe, in broadcasting networks for a while with the lack of originality and forethought and just going ahead, okay, we've got something good. Let's go ahead and branch it off into something or let's go ahead and remain on that same subject with all of our shows. Yeah. Doesn't it get stale after a while? Oh, yes, it does get stale after a while. I mean, the Law and Order shows, we saw that as well. You're, you have a great point as far as the Law and Order shows that you've seen how many of those clicked with audiences. So it's something we're going to be seeing a continuing trend of with the broadcast networks for quite some time, whether we like it or not. But with NBC that's out there, speaking of which, the national broadcasting out of Chicago, that's uh, <laughs> Just thought off that one off the fly, but NBC is still doing some good things out there. You wanted to talk about a lot of renewals that were out there and what's going on with possible question of ownership. Well, recently, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Superstore this past week have gotten renewed for new seasons. Yay, Superstore! Plus, we got like, especially with the Fox-Disney merger coming into fruition, NBC, there are questions on ownership. There's no reason why This Is Us is not getting renewed, but there's a question on ownership because NBC doesn't own it. Okay. And there's also a question going forward in regards to NBC and what they're going to be doing in the future and their motivations and their trends and importance of what they're doing in the future with NBC. Because as I stated earlier, NBC Universal has also announced that they're coming up with their own streaming service at some point in the future which is already going to be landing into an already overcrowded streaming market. So can't wait to see what their motivations and what their planning is and how they're going to try to differentiate themselves from the pack going forward. CW is still out there. They're still doing some things. (laughs) They're still doing their own things per se, and they still have their tried and true base that loyally follows them, whatever they put out. But your thoughts on what's going on with the CW? So Sunday, all the shows came back on hiatus, but what really surprised me was Supergirl and Charmed combined both beat Arrow and Black Lightning in the ratings Sunday night, and then Arrow hits a series low of 0.2, which is typically what you see from Dynasty. And that's a bad sign because Arrow at one time was the anchor to what everything CW was doing because the fact that it had such a, I guess, a a nice following, and it led to the Arrowverse and a lot of other individual shows that came out that were relating to it. I remember it being the feeder show as far as someone would be on that show and then go ahead and branch off into their own show. So it looks like Arrow's hurt. It's got an arrow through it at this point in time. So it was interesting because right after our conversation Arrow was canceled by the CW. So the low ratings for Arrows was a precursor as far as their impending doom. So I believe they are canceled with a 10-episode season, and I think that's going to be it for Arrow. There's also a lot to talk about when it comes to cable. Fill us in on what's going on with cable, because cable is still there. Even though a lot of people are cutting the cord on cable, it's still going out of its way to try and make some some things happen when it comes to bringing in audiences. Well, first, I want to start with the E-Network. And you see most of their shows are hitting like 0.2s, 0.3s. But when you look in the late night ratings, that's when you hit below a point one in the late night shows, including Busy Tonight, Lady Game, all these other shows that E is trying to break out. And that's not a good sign for them, although we will touch a little bit more on late night television here in a little bit. 
I know there's some things going on, like you said, with WGN America and also True TV as well. WGN America, I would know this as the network that canceled all of their original programming because of the now dead Sinclair acquisition, but now they ordered two new shows. One of them just recently aired, and the other one is now starting to air. And both of these shows are doing much worse than what Outsiders and Underground both pulled. Absolutely. And that's going to make a difference long-term with how WGN America goes ahead and projects itself as a network. I remember when you told me that WGN America was disbanding the idea of actually doing original programming and they got rid of the original programming that they had. They also paid a ton of money for syndicated shows like Elementary, but it's something that they're changing their mind on once again. And this continual flip-flop of what they're doing, maybe it's a sign of indecision. Maybe it's a sign of uh, at the top that there's some instability there. So we'll have to wait and see what WGN America is going to do long-term. And I know you mentioned True TV as well. It's like a network where I'm sorry and those who can't are not doing well, those that are currently airing. And John Glazer loves gear. All those shows are not performing well. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, that's that's a shame to hear. And well, True TV has a very small base to draw off anyways. And if you're not even doing well on that network, that's not a very good sign. They are going to get a big boost here in March from the NCAA tournament that comes up because they do get to show some of the early rounds. Although CBS All Access will be taking some of that as well. So that's very interesting how that's going to play out with the Turner Networks and the CBS Networks how they're going to be going ahead. CBS will showing the national, the NCAA basketball championships. So that'll be very interesting to see what they're going to be utilizing because they, like I said, they're going to be incorporating CBS all access, but with true TV, which Viacom owns, I know that's very important for them to keep that programming on the air as far as those basketball games, because that gives them every chance and opportunity to go ahead and plug their own original programs for their shows during the commercial break. So I know it's very important for them to keep those basketball games on the air. So we'll have to wait and see what happens as far as venues and far as the type of games and regions that might be shown on True TV and the other CBS networks going forward. My friend, there's also a lot to talk about when it comes to late night television. I know we pointed this out before we went on the air that for the first time in a long time, there is a new leader in a key demographic. And I know if you wanted to go ahead and touch upon it, because the late night wars, they've been continuing. I mean, even before we were born, which for me is saying something, your thoughts on what's going on with the late night wars, because there has been announced that a new leader, just by the smallest of margins, has taken place. And it just seems like it's something that, whether you think it's politically motivated or not, it's something that it really is becoming some big news. Well, yeah, it's like when I saw that article of Colbert beating Fallon for first time in the key ratings, 1849 demographic, Stephen Colbert can finally claim complete bragging lights. And then it literally said, Liberal viewers have flocked to Stephen Colbert's late night show and several potential Democratic candidates have already been guessed. So according to that article, it may seem like it's politically motivated, whereas Fallon is more with entertainment. And that's what I've noticed as well. The guests are more politically based on Stephen Colbert, and maybe that is driving up the ratings as it gets closer to the 2020 election. Obviously, the politics... And lately, whether we like it or not, has been in the news with the Cohen testimony taking some big ratings. Andrew McCabe, his interview garnering big ratings for CBS. It just seems to be something that obviously we're tuning into almost on a nightly basis. And for now, at least, the Stephen Colbert Late Show is a big beneficiary of it. You're right. It is more entertainment-based when it comes to Fallon and also Jimmy Kimmel. But it's a big win now for... Stephen Colbert, at least at this point in time, now that he's eked ahead in this key demographic. But I don't know if it's going to last that long because Colbert took the week off this past week. And now you have all the late night shows are coming in. So it's going to be a close race. 
it is going to be a close race. I don't see him pulling ahead and dominating like NBC has for many of these years when it comes to the late night talk shows. I want to ask you one last thing when it comes to the ratings, my friend, and that is the overall success and the domination by the mass singer. Your thoughts on the mass singer as it closed out its run and we found out exactly who the leading mass singer is. Your thoughts on the actual success of the show and do you see it sustaining itself in the next coming seasons? I feel like it's amazing with what the mass singer has pulled in. It's pulled in so much intrigue and so much buzz, but I don't know how it's going to sustain itself. It's too early to tell. I'm thinking, would it probably be like another American Idol or would it probably be another Joe Millionaire? We just have to see. We will just have to wait and see. And I heard you and I may be going ahead and putting on some masks to see if we can go ahead and compete in them singer. You know, la, 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 la. <laughs> I'll probably do like a robot disguise. What would you, if you were, let's say that you were in the mask singer and they, they called your name on there and you wanted, you were going to be a reoccurring, uh, who is it? Who is behind that mask? What would you want to go as? I would want to go on as probably not a robot, but the alien or something or a panther or whatnot. Oh, there you go. A panther. There you go. That would be cool. You like at the end, you do a roar like that. All right. Yes. As you belt out those hits, you win that contest. And I somehow end up being in last place once again. But, you know, I'm not a sore loser at all. All right. But it is, once again, our good friend Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com. You have to check out all of her great stuff that she writes upon virtually every day when it comes to the TV Ratings Guide because they have a lot of awesome things when it comes to their great lineup of content that they have there, including a Renew Cancel Index for every major broadcast outlet and also cable as well. They've got their own original programming that you got to check out with all their great scripts that you can you can read and find out what's going on and, and just keep up to date with their awesome original content. They've also have reviews. They also have other features and just so much more. It is the TVRatingsGuide.com. Well, my friend, it's been great having you on the show. Awesome as always having you a part of the program and, of course, a great part of the pop culture cosmos. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need a listing of where we're at, because we're being played on radio all over the world, seven days a week, check out our listings today on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our Facebook page with Pop Culture Cosmos not only gives you the latest and greatest in pop culture news, but it has the entire listing of what radio stations were being played at and when. Plus also, if you just want to go ahead and download it, it gives you many of our podcast options as well. My friend, you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. What is going on with Humanica Media? Now check out the complete Topicocalypse Award shows by downloading them on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, all the usual places. And also, if you want to check out our gaming streams, we have been playing a lot of games. Halo Reach, Gears of War, Judgment, and some footage recently surfaced on our channel of Devil May Cry 5. So definitely go there to check it out. And it's also available on Pop, Pop Culture Cosmos' YouTube page. So you can check it out there, and it will eventually be up on popculturecosmos.com. And that's great indeed. Plus, also as well, this week we have a return for not only the Pop Culture Cosmos, but Topic Ocalypse back on the Podcast Radio Network. 
Well, my friend, before we head on out, like you said, you've been streaming some Devil May Cry 5. Sounds like you're really getting into it. Your thoughts on Devil May Cry 5 before we head on out. In the wake of the Resident Evil 2 remake, whatever engine they're using right now has given these games a level of realism to them that is just continually blowing my mind. Like, this is a Devil May Cry game, but it feels like something else. You know, it still retains all the, the classic things that make Devil May Cry so much fun, like the, you know, the arcadey feel and the way that you get trapped in certain areas and the red nets appear and you got to fight all the demons and then... Once you kill them, then you can progress further in the story. It's still got all that good stuff, but it feels like a new franchise. And I don't know whether it's the way they're telling the story, the new characters you get to use, or what's going, or the fact that Dante, they open the game by making Dante seem incredibly vulnerable instead of the hero that, the sarcastic hero that he's always been. And it's fun, but it's just, it's so different. And I... I love it. I got to be honest. I, I'm absolutely enthralled with it. So you, you start out with it's a lot of time jumping in this game, but it's I, I imagine it's all going to come together in the end. And the way, you know, you, they brought back all the customization and Nero has new arms that do different things because he gets his arm ripped off by one of the main bad. And in place, he has someone who makes robot arms for him. You get to customize it and they do different things like they'll explode or they send electric shocks through people. So you still get to do the thing where you like uh, shoot reach the arm out and bring people towards you. So that's still fun. And and the new character V is interesting because you don't actually fight with him. He summons two animals and you fight with them. And then once they down the demons, you go and you strike the fin or give them the finishing blow. And he's an interesting character. Haven't really gotten far enough into the game to really know who he is, what he is, what his purpose in the game is. Again, you know, a lot of time jumping in the story. So I imagine they'll elaborate on it later. But the fighting's smooth, the boss fights are fun, they're not, you know, ridiculously hard, and collecting orbs is a lot easier in this game because there's not a system where you have to play the game three or four times in order to collect all the moves. You can get quite a few orbs through one level. It's been fun so far. I'm on mission six, I want to say, and you can check out the game footage on the Humanican Media YouTube channel. But I I dig it, man. Like it's such a smooth game and it looks so real. And the story actually has depth to it this time. And it's not just a bunch of, you know, sarcastic quips at each other and the villains. So it still does have that, but it, there are actual consequences going on in this game, unlike the other Devil May Cry games. So I'm I'm having a blast, man. I love it. Do you have any interest in playing this? Absolutely, my friend. It looks like it's going to be something that is really going to be one of the top 10 games or so in 2019. It is getting high scores all over the place. And I think it just looks like something that reminds me a lot of what Devil May Cry used to be as far as an interesting and intriguing game with combos and, the, like you said, the combat system and all that. But it also looks like they took a lot from Bayonetta and involved that type of system without going too weird into the story as Bayonetta has a penchant of doing. So it looks like something that's really colorful, it's stylistic, it, it looks outstanding, like you said, as far as the visuals are concerned. So I cannot wait to get my hands on Devil May Cry 5. The reviews are out there, like I said, they're they're awesome. I mean, they're they're really high all over the place. So it looks like this is a return to the norm for Devil May Cry and the series going forward. And we'll have to wait and see if this is going to translate into sales that are going to generate for a DMC6. I hope it will, because this looks like a real quality installment of the Devil May Cry series. So yeah, IGN, GameSpot, all nines, nines and halves. I've seen a lot of them all around the place. So it is great news for Devil May Cry fans that they have something really to grasp onto with Devil May Cry 5. So Josh, it's been a great episode. I want to thank again Daphne Matthew from Talking the Dead and the Walking Dead fan base, Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com. Also, as well, our friends Tony and Jamie Monroy, Stereo Monroy from Game Source, giving us their review of Captain Marvel. Any last thoughts on the way out? Big announcements coming this week. I know we talked last a little bit about what Gearbox was going to announce, and that's supposed to surface this week. So we'll finally know what all the speculation was. And also stay tuned for our spoiler cast of Captain Marvel, and you'll get an honest review from me. And yeah, it'll be a good time. 
And hopefully you'll keep on with an honest review from me as far as in detail. But if you want my exact thoughts in writing, it is available right now, like I said, on popculturecosmos.com. You'll see the review right there. It is in detail, giving you a lot of background and also as well, my detailed thoughts on Captain Marvel. Plus on the Friday show, we're going to give you an update on our live performance that we're going to be doing at Level Up Expo. We finally have a date and time and formulating our guest list that's going to be there. It is a taping of a live episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos that is going to be taking place in April at the Level Up Expo. And then also as well, our big charity event at Retro City Games. We finally get to announce the date and time and all that and also the games that will be involved for the tournaments that are taking place, for these great charities that we're going to provide. We're going to give you detailed information on both those great events coming up on our Friday show as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great this week on myopia defend your childhood myopia defend your childhood is so named because i believe we are short-sighted on the things we watched as kids so every week we watch a movie that one of the panelists grew up watching and see if they hold up from comedy to cartoons or to action and for this season, the last Thursday of each month, we're doing a TV show in our Myopia Mornings segments. We watch Saturday morning cartoons and afternoon classics. So find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. How will you stand when we put your past on trial? Myopia Defender Childhood is a member of the ESO Network and produced by Dude Letter Podcasting. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.